Chapter 4 of Australian Legendary Tales Folklore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Australian Legendary Tales Folklore by Mrs. K. Langlow Parker. Chapter 4 The Origin of the Narran Lake. Old Biney said to his two young wives, Berignulu and Cunnambili, I have stuck a white feather between the hind legs of a bee, and I'm going to let it go, and then follow it to its nest that I may get honey. While I go out for the honey, go you two out and get frogs and yams. Then meet me at the Kurugul Spring, where we will camp, for sweet and clear is the water there. The wives, taking their goulets and yamsticks, went out as he told them. Having gone far and dug out many yams and frogs, they were tired when they reached Kurugul and seeing the cool, fresh water, they longed to bathe. But first they built a bow shade, and there left their goulets holding their food, and the yams and frogs they had found. When their camp was ready for the coming of Biomi, who, having wooed his wives with a nulla nulla, kept them obedient by fear of the same weapon, then went the girls to the spring to bathe. Gladly they plunged in, having first divested themselves of their gumalas, which they were still young enough to wear, and which they left on the ground near the spring. Scarcely were they enjoying the cool rest the water gave their hot, tired limbs, when they were seized and swallowed by two carriers. Having swallowed the girls, the carriers dived into an opening in the side of the spring, which was the entrance to an underground watercourse leading to the Naran River. Through this passage they went, taking all the water from the spring with them into the Naran, whose course they also dried as they went along. Meantime, Biomi, unwitting the fate of his wives, was honey-hunting. He had followed the bee with the white feather on it for some distance. Then the bee flew on to some butha flowers and would move no further. Biomi said, Something has happened, or the bee would not stay here and refuse to be moved on towards its nest. I must go to Kurugul Spring and see if my wives are safe. Something terrible has surely happened. And Biomi turned in haste towards the spring. When he reached there, he saw the bow shed his wives had made. He saw the yams they had dug from the ground. He saw the frogs. But Birignulu and Cunnambali he saw not. He called aloud for them, but no answer. He went towards the spring. On the edge of it, he saw the gumalas of his wives. He looked into the spring, and seeing it dry, he said, It's the work of the carriers. They have opened the underground passage and gone with my wives to the river, and opening the passage has dried the spring. Well, I do know where the passage joins the Naran, and there will I swiftly go. Arming himself with spears and wagaras, he started in pursuit. He soon reached the deep hole where the underground channel of the Kurugul joined the Naran. There he saw what he had never seen before, namely this deep hole dry. And he said, They have emptied the holes as they went along, taking the water with them. But well know I the deep holes of the river. I will not follow the bend, thus trebling the distance I have to go, but I will cut across from big hole to big hole, and by so doing I may yet get ahead of the carriers. On swiftly sped by me, making shortcuts from big hole to big hole, and his track is still marked by the Morola ridges that stretch down the Naran, pointing in towards the deep holes. Every hole as he came to it he found dry, until at last he reached the end of the Naran, 
The hole there was still quite wet and muddy. Then he knew he was near his enemies, and soon he saw them. He managed to get, unseen, a little way ahead of the couriers. He hid himself behind a big dal tree. As the couriers came near, they separated, one turning to go in another direction. Quickly by me hurled one spear after another, wounding both carriers, who ride with pain and lashed their tails furiously, making great hollows in the ground, which the water they had brought with them quickly filled. Thinking they might again escape him, by me drove them from the water with his spears, and then at close quarters he killed them with his wagaras. And ever afterwards at flood time the Naran flowed into this hollow which the carriers in their writhings had made. When Biomi saw that the carriers were quite dead, he cut them open and took out the bodies of his wives. They were covered with wet slime and seemed quite lifeless. But he carried them and laid them on two nests of red ants. Then he sat down at some little distance and watched them. The ants quickly covered their bodies, cleaned them rapidly of the wet slime, and soon Biomi noticed the muscles of the girls twitching. Ah, he said, there is life. They feel the sting of the ants. Almost as he spoke came a sound of a thunderclap, but the sound seemed to come from the ears of the girls. And as the echo was dying away, slowly the girls rose to their feet. For a moment they stood apart, a dazed expression on their faces. Then they clung together, shaking as if stricken with a deadly fear. But Biome came to them and explained how they had been rescued from the carriers by him. He bade them to beware of ever bathing in the deep holes of the Naran lest such holes be the haunt of carriers. Then he bade them look at the water now at Bagheera, and he said, Soon will the black swans find their way here, the pelicans and the ducks. Where there was dry land and stones in the past, in the future there will be water and waterfowl. From henceforth, when the Naran runs, it will run into this hole, and by the spreading of its waters will a big lake be made. And what Biome said has come to pass. As the Naran Lake shows, with its large sheet of water, spreading for miles, the homes of thousands of wildfowl. End of chapter 4